Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. How you doing? Joe McCall here, the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hopefully you can hear me okay. I'm on my old microphone right now, but I've been having some issues, but I think we're going to be okay. This is going to be a good episode. I've got my good friend and one of my mentors, Richard Roop, on the podcast today. And we're going to be talking about how to find more leads, which equals more deals, with little to no cost. And we're also going to be talking about one of my favorite strategies that I learned originally from Richard. And I'm also starting to focus more on this today, all about the what he called the ultimate strategy of finding free and clear homes and structuring owner finance deals. So this is going to be really, really insightful, educational, and important. You need to pay attention to this, all right? But first, a couple announcements. Number one, this podcast is brought to you by my book. It's a little book here. You can read it in about two or three hours. I say this often. I'm I spent so much time writing this book. When I got it back from the uh, printer, I was so discouraged because it was so short and small, right? But started reading it and the feedback that I've been getting, it's been really, really good. People love this book. And it's really the strategy that I used to quit my job way back in 2009, just with flipping lease options. And I talk about how to do that from beginning to end in this book. And you can get it for free. Just pay a little bit of shipping and handling and I'll send it out to you. You can't get it on Amazon. So get it here at wlobook.com, wlobook.com. And I also have the same book on audio. You can get it for a buck 99, I think, at wloaudio.com. And just as a heads up, I don't know if some of you all remember, even back a few years ago, probably five or six, seven years ago, I had a book called Brilliant at the Basics. And I've been thinking a lot about that book and I'm thinking about resurrecting it and bringing it back and updating it. And I'm going to do a Brilliant at the Basics new version for lease options. And I'm thinking about doing another version then for wholesaling. So it'll be two different books. And I'm kind of announcing it here on the podcast to hold so you all can hold me accountable to getting that done. Okay. Uh, So go check it out, wloaudio.com or go to wlobook.com. And a lot of you guys are right now watching on the Facebooks or the YouTubes, and I'm going to bring Richard on here in a minute. But if you're watching this, you know, tell us hi, tell us where you're from. And also, if you have any questions, please type them in the chat. Any comments that you have, type them in the Facebook comments or the YouTube comments, and they will show up here on my screen, and hopefully I can bring them up, especially if some of you guys have some questions for Richard Roop. This is the time to ask them, okay? So just say hello, say hi in Facebook and YouTube. Let us know that you're out there, and if you have any questions, type them in, and love to bring you on, okay? So are we ready to get the man of the hour, Richard Roop, in? Richard, how are you? I am doing awesome, Joe. How are you? Doing really good. So we've been having a little technical issues here. So please, Richard, feel free to interrupt me if my mic is going out, you know, and it's sounding weird, but I I, I will raise my hand. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're looking good. Thanks for being on the podcast. I've gotten some really good feedback. Uh, you've been on my show before. Thank you for being here again. Oh, that was a great show. I probably listened to it three times myself. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> Those of you that don't know what we're talking about, Richard kind of spilled the beans and shared the whole enchilada, whatever that means, but just talked about 
kind of what happened in, over the last five, six, seven years. Richard, as those of you that don't know, let me just give you a quick introduction. He's one of the guys who got me started in the creative real estate side of things. I learned a lot about owner financing and subject twos and lease options from Richard and all of those probably hundreds of CDs that I that I have <laughs> from you and way, way back, starting in like 06 through 09, pretty much, you know, for three or four years. I remember I had so many CDs in the back of my car that they were, I, I couldn't keep track of them anymore. They were just back there. I'd listen to them and I'd forget to put them away or something. But glad you're here. And Richard, we've got a lot of people here. We got Rob from Jersey Shore. Skip says, hey, what's up? We got Jai. What's going on? Phil from Villanova. Nice. And Rick is saying hello as well. So thanks for being here, guys. Go check out that podcast I did with Richard Roop just a few weeks ago. Yeah, look at this. Aishu uh, says, Richard Roop has been around in the creative real estate financing field for the longest time. You've been around for a long, long time. Well, not the longest time, but... <laughs> a while. Yeah, I got started in the real estate space in 1996. Okay, cool. So we go deep into all of that stuff um, on the previous podcast. So guys, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com and do a search for Richard Roop and you'll see that other podcast that we did there. Listen to it. It's an amazing story. And uh, Richard is finally coming back, which I'm excited for. And I'm really glad that he is. And so he was active on Facebook and I said, Richard, hey, can I get you on the podcast? I'd love to talk with you a little bit more. And so he's agreed to do that. So Richard, on today's podcast, I want to ask you some questions because you're one of the best yeah. experts in the field on this, on creative ways to get more more leads, to get more deals, using little to no money. Talk about what are some of your favorite ways to get more leads and, and to close more deals? Well, to get more leads and to close more deals, my favorite ways would be to be a big, big fish in a small pond. So with every type of marketing campaign, whether it's, uh, you know, online, offline, you know, flyers, direct mail, signs, letters, anything that you're doing to generate leads, if you can focus all of your efforts into a small market or a small list and hit that market or list over and over and over, that will double your response if you just hit someone four or five times over a period of time to the same to the same list. I remember um, you saying that over and over again so many times, big fish, small pond, hitting them over and over again. Why is that consistency so important? You know, most people well, just do their first piece of marketing and then just like forget it. Why is it so important to keep on doing it? Because it helps build credibility, okay? If they see you more than once, it actually, you become real to them. It also, people will get your marketing message and they're interested, but they're busy. So they'll say, I'll get to that later. And they forget about it. So you remind them, they say, oh yeah, I was going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to call, but they don't. And then they get the third one. Oh, okay. I'll call. You know, that's the mechanics of it. By being a big fish in a small pond, you can actually afford to hit people over and over and over. So it's much better than sending, you know, 10,000 postcards to 10,000 people one time. You know, it's much better to hit the, you know, 2,000 people five times. Okay. You'll make more, you'll get more deals. You, you'll make more money for the same cost. Explain the what same cost. Explain what a small pond is. Like, is that just like two or three zip codes? What, how do you define that? I actually started doing some one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching. Uh, you know, we had a great coaching program back before I retired for five years. And I'm working with some coaching clients and we're actually working on their farm areas. And uh, my opinion, I, I bought over 500 houses in a county of 14,000 people. Wow, really? Yeah. 
And so I maybe 80% of my deals were in that county. And then maybe another 20%, 30 minutes away down in Colorado Springs. Okay. But I was a big fish in a small pond. I would do direct mail. I would do signs. They would see me driving around in my Lexus that says, we buy houses plastered all over it. Right. Yeah. Uh, we had a small community newspaper, so I could run a full page ad for eight hundred bucks. Really? Okay. And I I would have my entire advertorial for eight hundred bucks. I'd do that about four times a year. It was a monthly free shopper magazine, but because it had a small circulation, it was cheap. And but it hit my farm area. Okay. Then I could also do a fly, put that on a flyer, and do a flyer insert as as well, which I like. Fl- freestanding flyer inserts. I also put the post-it notes. We talked about the post-it notes last time. Yeah. I'd put the post, I'd put, I'd have the post-it notes applied to the front of the newspaper. How often would you do that? That's a couple times a year because I would, you know, I would run my editorial. I might do a flyer insert. I do post-it notes. Uh, I like the post-it note one, but I also had, you know, it depends on how many deals you need, Joe, because I, once you're doing a lot of good business and you're doing a lot of business, you want to ask for referrals. You want to ask the people that you're doing business with and the people you don't do business with for referrals, right? And and then you can create those naturally, organic referrals, right? Because you take care of people. Another great way to get uh, leads is networking. So I could I joined the Chamber of Commerce. I joined the Teller County Economic Development Council. So I would network with the local people you know, local business people and they own houses and they know people that have houses. And, you know, so networking, again, if you're networking in a small community, you can make a big impact. If you're in a metro area with, you know, a million people, you don't have the same, you don't make the same type of connections. So in that case, if you're in a larger farm area and you're networking at a large event, then you really have to identify the people that you really want to build relationships with. Okay, so I think it's better to target the smallest viable market versus to try and spread yourself out too thin. So if you're in a bigger area, what's the population in your county, Joe? I was just looking at while you were talking, St. Louis metro area is about 2.8 million. You know, Kansas City is about 2.1, Indianapolis is 2. So what do you tell people that are in like a two to three million dollar, two or three million population? I I would pick an area of 100,000 people. Okay. And preferably 550,000. Okay. But you might have to go to 200,000. So right now, based on what I'm learning, the smaller, the better. But if you're, if you need, start with 50,000 and then just target that 50,000. If you're not getting enough deals, then you can grow geographically. So if you're in a rural area, that might be growing, you know, 30 or an hour away. I mean, how many homes are around right where you live, Joe, within 10 minutes? Yeah. So you can just dominate around your office or around where you live. And you can also go where uh, the fish are. So maybe the more motivated sellers are on the other side of town and you specialize in going over there. What kind of homes would you like to target? And, and, you know, like, is there a certain price range, certain type of home? Would you stay away from the really cheap ones? Stay away from the really expensive ones? Where do you target? If you're in a big area and you've picked your farm area, what what type of home are you trying to target? It's a certain price range, you know, small, medium, large, expensive, cheap. Well, you mentioned uh, about talking about the ultimate strategy for buying houses, going after high equity deals. That you can do in any price range. But typically, if you're going to be a transaction engineer, okay, I like the just the medium price range and below. 
you know, so the medium and, and lower, not the low end stuff that, you know, neighborhoods you, you don't want to walk around in at night. You know, you want to be able to, uh, I, I think we're, you know, decent people want to live, but that medium price range where there's a lot of buyers and there's a lot of sellers. So does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So in the St. Louis metro area, according to Zillow, the median price range, about $180,000. So, yeah, I would. I, you say the median price range is about 180000 where you yeah. live? That, I think so. I would I actually have formulas for this, but I would say, you know, like, you know, 250, you know, 100,000, 250, something like that. Yeah. I mean, can you get a decent can you get a decent place for 120,000? Oh yeah, yeah, you certainly can. Yeah. Those are the those are the bread and butters that I like. I like to target the homes that are priced in that because that's where the big that's where the most buyers are, right? Right. I, bread and butter is a good good way to describe it. Bread okay. and butter. So let's talk about some of your favorite marketing strategies. I learned a lot about direct mail and postcards from you. Do you still like postcards? Postcards are my number one strategy. You remember getting my newsletter, right? Richard Roots marketing marketing success e letter. It was, a, you know, I would no. So for many years, from like 2000 to 2015, I would I, I published a, a free newsletter. It's called oh. Marketing and Success e Letter, and I'm starting that up next week. So oh, go to richardroop.com. Go ahead and get on that list. I'm happy, you know. So I release a lot of cool stuff, and so for example, this is a good question. Like, you know, what are the best lists? Well, I've already written a great article on you know, 15 different markets to target. And so I'll go in there and I'll, I'll make sure that that's up to date or whatever. And then I'll go ahead and, you know, either point to the, where it's already at or go ahead and republish it. So I'm going to start releasing a lot of thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff that will help you do more deals just to my e-letter subscribers, just to build that relationship. And of course I'll keep people up to date on, you know, interviews that I do like with you and, and others and, you know, events that I have planned coming up. So the lists, I like direct mail. I like my magic bullet postcard. It's I call it the magic bullet postcard because it works on any list. And so right now I want to get some feedback on what are the best lists today. But I do know absentee owners, non-owner occupied properties are one of the best lists, have always been one of the best lists. And the postcard is just general. It's just real good copy, but it just says we want to buy your house. You know, and if you're interested, give us a call. Yeah. And by the way, you can send three postcards for the cost of one letter. So that so you're getting that multiple hit. And I put a what people will write in a letter, Joe. I can get on a postcard. Yeah, a postcard. <laughs> can, can can you talk a little bit about what is in the Magic Bullet postcard? What makes it unique? It's it looks personal. So all of your advertising should either look like an article or advertorial. So. For example, that post-it note we talked about last time, a little yellow sticky note on someone's door, I, I wanted it to look like a delivery note, okay? If you run an ad in the newspaper, it should look like an article or, or, or a public service announcement, okay? Uh, same if you're running ads online or if you're doing, you know, all of your marketing, you want to grab their attention. You don't want to look like an advertisement. That's the bottom line. You want to look like valuable content or you want it to look personal. So what's good about the Magic Bullet postcard is it it is it's personal looking and it's personalized. And Joe, I got some really cool personalization that it's actually for video marketing that I'm going to be I'm putting together for real estate investors. 
Really? I, I, I did my research yesterday. I had the idea. I did my research. So in the next couple of weeks, I'll, I will share that for free in my newsletter. Okay? All right. <laughs> so anything that you can do to personalize your marketing will get more attention. And I like it because it's cheap. It's low cost. And if you get a good list, it's very cost effective. It's not something you would just mail to everybody in the neighborhood at first class rate. But if you want to do that, you know, for half the cost, you can do it every door direct mail. So, you know, cut the postage in half. So you got to, you know, this, and this is a good point, Joe. What's better, putting a, a very lengthy sales message to get them to call you on an oversized postcard and have that go to everybody in the neighborhood or send it specifically to absentee owners in a wider geographic area. So the small postcard is first class, okay? Every door direct mail is bulk rate. So the postage is less, okay? Now, the way to compare those two campaigns is if I spent $1,000 on that campaign and I spent $1,000 on that campaign, it'll be this different number of postcards, right? It's what you spend and the return on investment. And if you're running Facebook ads to get leads, then you know you spend $1,000 on that and you compare that to the $1,000 in direct mail or $1,000 in post-it notes, okay? Or $1,000 in signs. Some of the best things are, are really inexpensive, but you can't do them too often. Like that advertorial, you know, it cost me $800 to run that ad. Every time I spent $800 to run that ad, I would, I would make about $70,000, okay? The good thing about this business, Joe, is it's almost impossible. Even with crappy marketing, you you can still make a lot of money. Oh yeah. But if you if you're spending that money and you have a better design or you have a better copy, okay, a better message, or maybe just a better list, you can you can do five times, ten times more business for the same marketing dollars. That's why marketing is it's my bag is because it's a high leverage point for any business. Was your is your magic bullet? The postcard, the one that said free special report reveals how to sell your house as is at a fair price on the date of your choice. Now that sounds more like the oversized postcard. The magic postcard is the small one that is in a typewriter font. Okay. I used an old typewriter font. So it looks like someone typed it out. You know, people know you're not typing it out on a typewriter, but that's what it looks like. And it, it get, and, and it's personalized with their name and their, and their, their county and their, their property address is merged right into the message. And then that we would we would have some graphics. We'd have a handwritten signature. We'd have a, a few handwritten notes on the postcard to make it a little more personal. And it was just black, black and white. Yeah, I think I found it here. Uh, dear individual name, our real estate investment company is interested in buying your property at address in city. That was a personalization. We're looking to own more real estate in this area and can offer you top dollar because of our long-term buy and hold approach. So if you're interested in selling, I can go on and on and on. Okay. But it's just that, that particular postcard is designed for the, the ultimate strategy. Okay. Because with the ultimate strategy, we have a long-term buy and hold approach. So if you wanted to give the, the seller proper expectations, you could say because of our long-term buy and hold approach and our network of other investors or whatever, you know, because if you're flipping, you have a network of other investors. Yeah. So those are the, so I might create, you know, acquisition model specific postcards, but I've never had to do that. But I'm starting to see all the money people are spending hiring other people to generate leads and they're just getting ripped off. They're spending way too much money to, to actually not get hardly anything 
and they're just really getting ripped off. And it's like, why don't they just fix it? Why don't they, you know, like I, I have one of my coaching clients was paying for some done for you postcards and the postcards were crap. So you could fix it all up for the same cost, no extra cost to have a good postcard versus a crappy postcard. What, what makes a crappy postcard? Three or four different fonts, making it look like an advertisement, making it look like you didn't send it to one person. Okay. Making it look like an advertisement, like flyers door to door should not look like an advertisement. Ads should not look like advertisements. You know, display ads in the paper, ads online, they should look, they, they should be look more like, you know, content, content at which I call editorial or advertorial, or it should look like, uh, you know, an announcement, you know, like you, like, for example, I haven't done this, but this is what I would do. If I was going to create some ads that I wanted to match with someone online, maybe their phone or their computer, I would make it look like a, a, a message from their computer to grab their attention. Yeah. Don't do it in such a way that, you know, pisses them off. So um, some of your older postcards, you would say, um, you know, call our 24-hour recorded hotline to listen to a voicemail. Then you'd give them another option to visit a website to read the special report or call the office for to talk to somebody live. You still like that where you give them two or three choices to listen to a voicemail, go to a website or calls your office? Yeah, it depends. Okay, so on a small post-it note, I may not give them the opportunity to call direct. Because, But if you're not doing enough deals, then go ahead and give them that opportunity. Okay, I want them to sift and sort themselves out before I talk to them. Okay, what I want is I want my marketing to do all the work for me. So when they do call me, I'm happy to talk to them. But if I have to sift and sort through a bunch of people just to find find someone that you know makes sense to talk to, I don't have patience for that. <laughs> but I, I would hire someone else to do that, okay? Yeah. But you don't have to. You can actually, uh, on a post-it note, we would drive them to a, the website or like you said, maybe a free recorded message. Now today, you could also do the tech, the texting. Yeah, that's one of the things in my uh, strategic marketing secrets course. We, we, you know, we, we all the different ways to generate leads. We actually covered mobile, you know, co- mobile marketing, you know, signs online, offline, uh, flyers, all, all the all the things we're talking about. It's not that complicated. We actually talked about most of the the best ways to <laughs> generate leads. These different types of media. Okay. What people get caught up on is is chasing this shiny object. You know, they think, okay, I'm going to get leads through social media and I'm going to do everything to get all my leads on social media. Okay, but that's just one platform. That's just one channel. Okay. What and of course social media is really about building relationship and providing value and pulling them off of social media so you can market to them. I don't think you should be trying to sell a lot of people stuff on social media. Not I'm that's different when you actually have an ad, right? But on social media itself, it should be about providing value, content, uh, you know, having a party, you know, you know, building relationships, building your credibility. That's what social media is about. You can create a Facebook page and sell on your Facebook page. You know, so there's strategies around using Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn to do real estate deals and to do all different types of business. But it all comes down. It's just a platform. What really is important is to have a good approach and a good message and hit them over and over with different hits. And we'll see. So a good message, hitting the right people and over and over something else came to mind. 
the consistency that's most important, isn't it? It's just, even if it's the same postcard every single time, it's that consistency that's important. Well, some people think, yeah, you have to have, you know, hit number two, hit number three, hit number four. That's kind of the uh, collection model, okay? It's like Dan Kennedy's magnetic marketing model. And you can do that. In fact, I know people. <laughs> See, I like, here's what I like to do, Joe. I like to be honest in all of my copywriting, okay? So I know someone else, they showed me this card. He would send it out one time and he would say second notice. Hey, we didn't hear from you the last time we mailed you. Uh, this is your last chance. But he's lying. Don't start a relationship with lying. Don't lie at all. You don't have to. I, it, what I would do is I would just fix that. I would say, I've been so busy. I meant to send you a postcard. I wanted to send you a postcard, but I thought it'd be, you know, I had to get it out. I didn't send the postcard before. So I want to get you out now. So this would have been your second notice. One of the other things that's bothered me also with some postcards I see is I only have enough money to buy one or two more properties this month. Bullshit, right? I see that all the time. You know what? I drives me crazy. I, here's the deal, Joe. Anybody who's, who has any marketing tools that they want to improve on, I will be happy to critique them for you. And especially if you allow me to show the before and after and I can post it to social media or in my newsletter. Well, that'll be cool. I do that all the time. I would love, uh, you know, the one I was telling you about with the client, I want to do that with that. I I had a real estate agent hire me. He has an office of 175 agents. He's one of my co past, you know, students. He's very successful. Now he's got 175 agents. He, so he still buys houses, but he does, he's a broker and he's running this office. And he every month he was running Valpac and Money Mailer. Okay. So he had a little flyer in the Valpac. It was a hodgepodge of things that he put together over a couple years. He would just kind of update things now and then. It was a complete mess, right? But he was still spending $1,500 a month to get that out. So I just spent, you know, half a day taking that and converted it into an awesome Richard Roop style, advertorial, you know, marketing message with a, a good headline, reasons to respond. Because on his other ones, he had too many reasons to respond. Really? He had too many. First, here's the deal, Joe. When you send out a postcard or or anything, what is what do you want them to do? Do you want them to call you or visit your website? Do you want them to fill out a form? What is the next step? So, like we were talking about on a small post-it note, maybe they don't have enough information. I want them to go online or listen to a pre-recorded message. Then I'm happy to give out my contact information. But if someone's not getting enough leads now, Go ahead and add that extra option because you want to be talking to sellers. So anything, how do you do more deals? Talk to more sellers. How right. can you, you could do that today. You could go on Craigslist. You can go on Zillow. You could be talking to sellers today if you need more deals. So that's what's great about this business. If you're willing, if you have more time than money, then you can still do deals. But I want you to do a deal so you can take that money and systemize that and leverage your time because that's going to up your results five, 10, 20 times. Yeah. Like it's just marketing systems together. And, and a lot of people don't have marketing systems. They don't have good marketing. Um, I, I'm, it, that's always been the case. I mean, I was always the go-to guy for that, but I, I still see it today. So, so people know, know the strategy, like they learn your strategy. And I don't know what you teach on marketing, Joe, but I know that you teach people a good strategy for acquiring uh, properties, you know, uh, using your lease option model. And, and I don't know everything about it, but people know that. But now they need, if they're, if they have to cold call sellers out of the 
phone book <laughs> or out of the newspaper, people just aren't going to do it. And it's not the most effective way. So Let's you- talk about the ultimate strategy. This is a strategy. Well, why don't you explain what it is? You can explain it better than I. All right. The ultimate strategy is what we call, you can target any type of property in any market where you target houses that have lots of equity. So preferably free and clear. So if we go get a mailing list, we're going to get a mailing list of people that, you know, don't owe more than 40 cents on the dollar, you know, so they have 60% equity or more. They don't owe more than 40... 40,000 of what the house is worth. So, and the reason why we did that, because the list broker I use, you know, you could only go from zero to 40, then you can go from 40 to 50. Because a lot of the lists, it was people that were looking for people, you know, with no equity. Okay. I wanted equity. So that you target homeowners in your farm area with the type of properties in the price range that you like that have equity, and then you mail them postcards. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then what you do is you have the ability, what you do is you do creative financing, owner financing. So if they have a lot of equity, there's equity that we can pull out of the deal with like private lenders to fund the deal, or, you know, we can pay all cash. Okay. Now, if it's free and clear, you know, we can, we can, um, we can, we have every model on the planet. Now, all these different acquisition strategies still apply, including lease options. Okay. As far as controlling their house with the lease option. Now, what we negotiate is seller financing for their equity. Okay. 0% interest or very low interest so that we get rapid principal reduction over time. So it's a buy and hold approach. It's typically going to be like a pretty house approach. House does need work. You can raise the money from the equity in the property to fix up the property and then hold it. Okay. But it is, you want, when you create 0% owner financing, how quickly do you want to pay that off, Joe? Well, I don't. So would you, in, in that point, I mean, I, I, I do want to pay it off, but I want to hold no, it. No, you, you want it to go as long as possible. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I want to hold it for as long as possible. Well, you, how long would you want to, how soon do you want to pay off a 0% loan? I don't know. I, I, not very quickly. Okay. So here's the deal. You have the choice. You can, you can have the seller take no payments. So you get all of the cash flow from the property. Guess what? You're going to spend all that. And then when you go sell the house, you're not going to get much of a back end. Okay. Right. Because this, this allows us to pay top dollar for the house. If you sell it in a couple of years and you sell, sell it for what you bought it for after cost and everything, you don't have a back end, but you've collected, you know, $1,500 a month positive cash flow for two years. Sure. So you want, if you want cash flow, you can set it up that way. If you want to give half of the money to the seller and the other half of the, the net cash flow and keep it yourself, now you have a house that's giving you two, three, four hundred dollars $400 a month positive cash flow. And the money you're giving the seller is paying down the money you owe them on the mortgage because they're the best, right? right? Yeah. Now, and then in that case, you've paid down the house and then you've reduced your what you owe over time. So the longer it goes, the bigger you're back in and you have that potential of appreciation. Over time. During that time, though, are you just renting the house out or are you selling it? Are you creating a wraparound mortgage and selling it on owner financing for you got two, the years? three the three common exits? Number one, you can just rent it to a tenant. I would never do that. You know why? Probably because they would not take care because of it. Because I hate I hate tenants. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So typically I'm gonna sell it to someone on wraparound financing. Okay. okay. Use an attorney, you do an all-inclusive deed of trust or wraparound mortgage, okay? And you're charging your buyer 
5% or 6% or 4%, whatever you're charging, you're paying one or two or 0% to the seller. Okay. So you're wrapping it. So basically you've sold it and you're just now in the middle. Okay. And how long would your balloon be with that end buyer? I'm not in any hurry to pay off that underlying financing, right? But I want to be in control. So I would ask them, how long it would it be before you can get me, you know, cash me out? Maybe I don't, maybe I don't even want to encourage it. In fact, if I don't want them cashing me out, I'll put someone who's most unlikely or, or needs the most time to, to get back on their feet. Okay. Now you, you mentioned this on our last call, substitution of collateral. So that's one of the tools that we use to ensure that we can actually sell the house. We don't have to pay off the seller. We just have to have a place to move the seller's equity onto another property with the same amount of equity. Okay? So you can rent it, you can put a tenant buyer in there, or you can sell it on a wrap. My favorite is, and it's the easiest, is a tenant buyer. So why would I not just rent it? Because I, if I just want to rent it, I'm going to put a tenant buyer in there. I'm going to if I don't want them to close, then I'll, I'll the less the smallest amount of purchase deposit I get, the easier I make it for them to get in the house, the less likelihood that they're going to perform. So if you want them to close, get a lot of money down, okay? If you want to keep it, take a couple thousand dollars. I'd rather take a couple thousand dollars non-refundable purchase deposit than a refundable security deposit, right? So if but if they do buy it in a couple three years, yeah. You're still going to make money because you've been paying down that principal every month for the last two or three years, right? Okay. Let's say I have a 15-year plan with my seller. I don't have to pay them off for 15 years. And I told them, if I, I, I tell them up front, if I sell this in a couple years, I'm going to, I want to have the right to move your mortgage to another property. Okay. But if I ever do that, I'll give you the opportunity to get paid off early. So they already know this is going to go 15 years. So if I sell it in two years, I call them up and I said, I'm selling the property. I have two choices. I can move your mortgage to another property or I can pay you off early. Do you want to talk about being paid off early? And so how can I make money paying off early? I might make money if without discounting it, but I'm going to discount it because I'm going to make more money if it goes 15 years. And I want, that's how much money, that was my target profit. I'm going to get that money either by discounting the note because it works out for the seller or move their mortgage and have it go 15 years. So explain how you would move the mortgage. What is that? How does that work? What does that mean? Okay. So what you got to do is you got to get an attorney involved. Okay. And I'm not giving any legal advice or anything like that. But what you want to do is when you first set up with the ultimate strategy, we have all this in the course, you know, we have all this laid out. So, you know, you need to know all this stuff. But basically, they know that I have the right as the borrower to substitute other collateral of equal or greater value. Okay. So in order to do that, I'm going to give you what I know, but you really need to get some advice on this. I just have an attorney do it for you. Okay. Is what you do is you you give them a new note on the other property, okay, and you secure it with the equity, and then you cancel the original note. So if they're if you're borrowing um, at eighty percent loan to value, if that's where you're at now with that seller, and you you can go then buy another property at eighty percent loan to value or better with that seller's money. Okay, so. In the ultimate strategy, a lot of times we're bringing in a, it's a if it's free and clear, let's say it's a $100,000 house, we might bring in $20,000. One of our offers will be no money down. One offers will be $20,000 down. One offer will be $10,000. Okay. So let's say they take $10,000 down because actually it's a higher price than getting $20,000 down or all cash, right? 
So we bring in our first mortgage of 20. We give 10 to the seller. And then the other 10 is to get the house occupied and to put some money in our pocket to operate. Okay. Or whatever you need the money, all the money you need on the deal, you would pull out of that first mortgage. The seller is getting a second. Okay. So let's say I bought it for a hundred thousand. It's a hundred thousand dollar house. I have a first mortgage where I'm paying 8% to a private investor. Okay. And then I have an $80,000. Well, I gave him 10. So I have a $70,000 second mortgage, right? So I owe 90. Oh, I owe 20 plus 70. Yeah, that's 90. No, I owe them. I only gave him 10. So I owe them 90. Yeah. So now I owe 20 on the first and I owe them 90 on a second. Okay. So I've actually over leveraged the property, right? You would never do that unless you had the ability to move that mortgage and unless the seller knew you were doing that. Okay. My, because I'm paying down the principal over time, that's, that's going to go into an equity position. Okay. So if maybe in a couple of years, I've paid it down, I owe uh, 110, maybe I've only paid it down to a hundred and now I'm selling it for a hundred, right? Well, I, my agreement is to move their mortgage to a property with e- equal or greater equity. Yeah. How much equity did they have? Zero. I mean, they had they had eighty thousand was secured by eighty thousand, right? So I just got to put it on a, a another property that has eighty thousand in equity. So does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Look who just kind of turned in. Who came in? You see that comment there? <laughs> it's Andrew the marketing man. <laughs> yeah. Sounds very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I talked to him about a month ago. I talked to him about last August. He called me up and he said, Dan, Dan Kennedy died. Oh, that was a rumor that was going around because yeah. we're big fans of Dan Kennedy. And we found out he was on hospice. He didn't die because Dan released this letter that was like his deathbed letter. You read it and it sounds like he's gone. But then quickly we found out, no, he was he wasn't gone and he recovered and he's back to doing events. So that's great. So. I had that going on with Dan. But yeah, I got a chance to uh, catch up with Dan Duran uh, just recently. Well, good. Dan's a good guy. I like Dan. He's great. All right. So um, if people want to get a hold of you, Richard, there's a whole lot more that we could talk about. But we got to wrap this up. You have a newsletter, richardroop.com. People can go there and sign up for this newsletter, right? Yeah. it's. I'm going to publish it about a week, every week. I'm not going to spam you or anything. It's always going to be great content. Yeah. Richardroop.com. And uh, you're also getting ready to re-release some of your courses. Is that right? I'm uploading them right now onto some online course platform. Oh, beautiful. And I'm going to, actually, I'm going to give a lot of it away for free. Oh, amazing. Uh, So I I haven't figured out quite how to do that. I've always been guilty of giving away too much for free. But if if I have something, I don't have anything to sell right now, unless I just sell my old stuff, right? So new stuff, then maybe I'll give the old stuff, update it as a bonus you know so they so I, I, i'll figure it out <laughs> well i just i just i just signed up for your free e-letter and there's a free guide here a quick start guide to five times five real estate profits right on my website there is a link at the top that says five by five free guide download that because there's 42 pages of great content 86 on how to become a transaction engineer. Yeah. That course, the five by five course, I am going to release that. I just went through it. It's great stuff. I don't have to change anything. I'm just going to add some stuff to it, but it's great. So that is a phenomenal uh, course on how to make money without buying houses. Yeah. I'm looking at it right here. 
how to how to make deal how to make money on non deals. How many non deals do you get? Well, all the all the ones you didn't get a deal on are non deals. So I show you how to make money on the non deal. Yeah. At the same time, you're learning how to do the deal. Very nice. Very good. I just signed up for your newsletter. I encourage all of you guys to sign up as well. Go to richardroop.com. Richard's always a pleasure to talk to you. And, yeah, and I, I invite everybody to just yeah, follow me on social media. That's a good way if you want to interact. Uh, yeah, get on my newsletter. Joe, this is, uh, I love, as you can tell, I love sharing this stuff. I'd love maybe sometime time down the road, we can actually do a, a Q&A call because I love solving you know, the challenges that my people might be having. So maybe somehow we can do that. That's a good idea. We should talk about that. All right. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Go check out richardroot.com and this 5x5 five five profit system. I'm looking at it here. And it's eight. You said it's 40-something pages. It's 86 pages. Well, there's there's 40 pages of marketing material that's 10 years old. Ah. <laughs> okay. So actually, those the other 40 pages is a real description of all the stuff that I have that I'm actually maybe going to be re-releasing. But it, forget about all the offers. There's nothing for sale in there. Okay. But actually just reading all that, the description of it gets you real motivated and shows you what's possible in your real estate business. Well, this is good. Look at this. Eight reasons why you should not do a deal. Number one, it requires cash out of your pocket. Obviously, don't ever tie up your cash in property. Number two, there's negative cash flow. Never buy a property with negative cash flow. It's over leveraged. The seller owes more. There's extensive repairs. It's an undesirable property. It's listed with a real estate agent, limited financing options, like luxury high-end homes, mobile homes, vacant land, challenging markets where it's very rural, located too far, low buying and selling activity, war zone. I would add maybe number nine, don't buy a deal where you don't where you don't have more than one exit strategy. Right. You always want multiple exits. And by the way, that list is the reasons why you wouldn't buy a, a deal. Right. Uh, but you can overcome some of those reasons if it's a good enough. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Richard, for being on the show again. I appreciate it. All right, well, great talking with you, buddy. Sorry about the technical problems we had here. I All apologize right. for that, too. 